This ain't jump. This ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce. What's up, everybody? Jack Maloney here with Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Praxis, and Basketball Network. We're doing our special season preview podcast. I'm with my guys, Chris Barnwell, Matt Cienfrone. We're about to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, who last year um, had a you know a successful season. They went 45 and 37, finished eighth in the West um, before they ran into the Warriors. But what are you going to do? Um, they Brought in Kendrick Perkins for some reason, uh, Sean Kilpatrick, Chris Douglas Roberts, Alonzo G. Um, we don't really know if, if CDR or Kilpatrick will end up making the roster. But other than that, it's pretty much the same crew. Uh, they sold their only draft pick, um, which was a, a fun time for for Chris and Matt. Um, Chris and, and Matt write for Pelican Debrief, right? That's the, that's the name right. of the site. That's the site. Um, yeah, Matt is the editor. Chris writes over there. That's Fansided's Pelican site. Uh, so there are our Pelicans experts. Um, I guess what do you, I'll let you guys sort of start this out. What are your uh, Matt? If you want to start, just sort of general thoughts about, you know, this off season. Not a whole lot going on, but you know where the franchise is moving. Um, moving yeah. forward, I mean, I guess the biggest addition is is Alvin Gentry, really, and Darren Armand, the whole kind of staff. Um, but they've just decided that continuity is the way they want to go, and they were going to bring back the the team from the second half of the year that was pretty successful. And there's arguments both ways on on how that's going to go. You know, I, I think Anthony Davis is good enough to get them to the playoffs basically by himself, but I don't have as much faith as some people do about the rest of the supporting cast. I mean, Quincy Pondexter was pretty good at the end of last year, but he's still a team that, a guy that a contender gave up on. Um, you know, Dante Cunningham, they play important minutes on the wing, and he can't, I think he's got like one career, two career, three pointers. <laughs> Uh, you know, Omar Asha can only really play on one side of the floor and can't play in certain matchups, and he's got to play heavy for them. Like, there's a lot of question marks, and that doesn't even touch on the biggest one, which is, is Drew Holiday ever going to be healthy again and the player we hope he could be? You know, they keep saying that this stress fracture is not an injury that should bother him long term, but the fact of the matter is, now, three straight years, he's had a stress fracture, a stress reaction in the same leg, and that's got to worry someone at some point. I pretty much agree with everything Matt just said, especially the part about continuity. Like, I understand bringing back everyone, especially when they played really well after January last season. They really came together. The trades they made were really important. It helped them make that run at the playoffs. You can make the argument that they should have made the playoffs in the first place because the Thunder were incredibly hurt. 
But you know what? They did. They even beat the Spurs on the last day where they needed yeah. to clinch. So they got the job done. And it makes sense when you can say, like, hey, if we actually have a better coach, because Gentry is, by, in all, by all means, a better coach than Monty Williams. So why not bring everyone back? But it's really difficult to just bring everybody back and expect just better results. Like, maybe the chemistry's a little better. Maybe the system's a little better. But just you're still peeking yourselves out here with so many... Because over the offseason, they signed all these guys to, like, long-term deals. Like, Oshik's on a really long-term deal, but they're going to be stuck with him for a while. And he has a problem just getting against the rim. Like, I keep a counter going. It's like, Omar Oshik versus the rim every game. <laughs> the rim usually wins. Yeah, that, that's Tyreek like... Evans is their second-best player, and he's their point guard. Ryan Anderson, there's fit issues. Like... There's, there's issues here. Yeah, they... I mean, we were kind of talking about this before we we started recording, and, like, it, it's starting to remind me of LeBron on the Cavs, where you, like, surround Davis with a bunch of guys who are good, but, like, not good enough to, like, elevate you, like, to a championship team. Like, Eric Gordon, Tyreek, Giroux, like, those are all really solid players, but it's not enough help. Like, it seems like you're just starting. I don't know. I, I'm worried that they're going to end up wasting like five, six years of of Anthony Davis. And I mean, you can't really call these first few years a waste because he was just getting good. But like, if this is the crew you're going to roll with for the next four or five years, whatever they signed him for, like, I just I don't know what what the plan is. I don't know how you get better. Like you try to convince a free agent to come here. I, I don't know. It's yeah, that seems to be the plan because like they, their draft history in the past couple <laughs> years, they traded a pick for Omar Asher. They traded two for Drew Holiday. Then they drafted Darius Miller, Austin Rivers and Anthony Davis. Like outside of Anthony Davis, which, which was, yeah, which was a no brainer. Like, None of that's good. Yeah. You know, you could debate the Drew trade all you want, and that's a different discussion. But, like, they haven't picked for a while. And the last time they picked, they hit the no-brainer and failed on their other pick. Like, it's not good, and you're not even picking high enough in the draft to find a second star now. And I think the big question with the Pelicans, I was talking with Twitter on this about this the other day, and it kind of touches on what Jack was saying with the Cavs, like, in a vacuum, it gets lost, I think, by some people who are like, oh, the Pelicans are deeper now than they were. And they were. Like, Quincy Pondexter and Dante Cunningham like, are obviously upgrades over John Solomons and Luke <laughs> Babbitt and Darius Miller, who they started the year with in the rotation last year. Norris Cole's an upgrade over Austin Rivers. But when you start looking at things like in a vacuum and not it's an upgrade from Austin Rivers, like, is it really that good? Like, is Norris Cole that good is Quincy Pondexter like a starting caliber caliber player for a contender is Dante Cunningham a rotation wing player for a contender and I just I keep coming back to no probably not no (laughs) you know it can Tyreek Evans be the second best player on a contender no probably not (laughs) yeah and so it's like when you look at things as they upgraded, yeah, they, they upgraded, but that doesn't mean they upgraded to above-average players. It just means they went from below average to slightly below average or average players in a lot of circumstances. 
and it would be okay if it wasn't for the fact that they signed so many of these guys to long-term deals. Yeah. And, like, I guess I Del Demps loves trades. He's done a lot of trades. But you just can't rely on the fact that, like, okay, we'll sign him to a long-term deal, and if it doesn't work out, we'll just trade him and do something else with that. That feels like – I don't know if that's the way they operate, but it just it gives me that kind of feeling. Like, it doesn't feel like a transition here. It feels like a, all right, we're going all in here. Yeah, especially because they don't make a big trade. Like, the Tyreek Evans thing was, like, a sign-in trade type of thing. The Drew trade was a big trade, but it was for picks. But, like, there's been all these Ryan Anderson rumors. And, like, if anyone's going to be traded, it's probably him. Mm -hmm. But, like, he's still around. You can't trade Davis. He's not debut anything unless, like, you're packaging him in for a disgruntled superstar. Maybe. But, like, like, you just look at it. It's, like, all the trades he makes are, like, I give up a bunch of garbage for Norris Cole. I give up a bunch of garbage (laughs) for Quincy Pondexter. And we hope these guys, like, revitalize their career in New Orleans. And, hey, when Norris Cole shoots 50% on a bunch of shots from 16 feet out, like, yeah, that looks great. But what happens when Norris Cole goes back to, like, being Norris Cole and stops making those shots? You know, what happens if Quincy Pondexter goes back from, like, being a 39% three-point shooter to, like, the 30% he was most of his time in Memphis? Like, all of a sudden, those trades that were, like, look what he got for nothing, it's like, oh, there's a reason he got there. <laughs> and we sound like we hate the Pelicans, which we don't. We we like watching this team. Anthony Davis is fun. Alvin Gentry is going to make this team a blast. I love Quincy Pondexter. I even in some ways like Dante Cunningham when he's doing those annoying long range twos because when he starts hitting them. I like watching Ashik when he's actually playing amazing defense. I like watching Tyreek Evans sometimes. It's just they you want to see the team be at their best, and when you have to look at them critically, like it. There's a lot of flaws. It's hard to get really behind whatever this future they have planned is. Yeah. And, yeah, I, it does seem like we're kind of just, like, just, like, trashing their whole whole operation when they're probably going to be a playoff team again. They're going to be good this and year. Like, they're going to be better than they were last year. But, but yeah, it's, it's not because we hate the Pelicans. It's just, like, they have Anthony Davis. Like, you just want him to be contending for a title and... I mean, it's not just it's not just okay. You can contend for a title, like do this, this, and this. But it just seems I don't know, like you just want it to be better, and it doesn't. It doesn't seem yeah, like yeah. this is the best course of action. I I don't know. I mean, this we make it sound <laughs> like building a team is super easy, and I know there's there's so many challenges you don't realize, but it's I don't know. I guess it's just like a little disappointing. Um, yeah, and part of it's luck, like Drew Holiday. I love watching Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis play together. Like, yeah. They have this incredible chemistry where Drew finds these these angles for lobs out of the pick and roll that no other guard playing with Davis finds. And, like, it's incredible. And, unfortunately, he's been hurt the last two years, but it sets everything back. And, like, right. they're going to have to make a decision based on a limited sample size. Now, like, Drew doesn't – he hasn't played a lot of minutes in New Orleans, but – you can't keep going, well, we'll give it one more year to see. We'll give it one more year <laughs> yeah. to see. Like, eventually, you just got to decide. Um, and it sucks, but it's like they're now in a spot where you're going to have to hit a free agent signing. And, you know, there's plenty of Pelicans fans who are like, oh, KD to New Orleans. But no. it's much more realistic <clears throat> for them to be like, let's go try to convince Al Horford. He can have a better chance to win yeah. in New Orleans. 
than he does in Atlanta, but then it's like, well, what do you do with Doncic? Who you just paid a bunch of money to? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's a confusing thing. Like, there's areas you can look at and go, okay, this is where they can upgrade, but then you look at what they've done and you're like, well, that's a lot of money they're going to waste. Then. Yeah, that Ashik deal, I, I, it's not even the but money. The it's just the, not guaranteed. Still, like, I don't know. Here's that's my a, thing that's, with so, that's too many like, years for Ashik, I think. Yeah, my thing with Ashik is, like, yeah, he's good defensively. And he saves Anthony Davis from playing the five, which is a big deal. Like, it's it's a really big deal. But he's only, and he's only been in New Orleans once he's been part of it, but he's only been successful when he's sharing the floor with Anthony Davis. So going forward, you want to upgrade the five spot, Omar Ashik suddenly like completely not effective potentially. Like if he's not playing with Anthony Davis, he's not effective. Yeah. The defense, the was, the defense was a tire fire that without it. So it's like, what do you do there? Can you not upgrade at center because Ashik has to play with Davis? And maybe Alexis Ajinza couldn't do. It. Maybe Alexis Ajinza is always going to just foul too much to, to help <laughs> the team post a good defense. But. I would have rather they just decided, okay, we got a Jinza on this steal of a contract, which I think it was. I think the Jinza contract was by far their best move in the summer behind locking Anthony Davis up. Um, and, you know, I would have liked them to just been like, all right, we're going to throw you right next to Anthony Davis, Alexis, and we're going to see if we can make this work with Darren Ehrman. Now, if Darren Ehrman this great defensive coach, like they hope, like, jinza has got tools. He's incredibly long. I think he's got the longest wingspan in the league or something close to it. You know, you cut down on some of the silly fouls he makes and maybe he turns into something, but now you're paying Ashik all the money, you can't starve a Jinza. And so it, you know, it just takes away some of the flexibility and versatility that the Pelicans can kind of have because you have to play so many players together. You have to play Ajinza with, or Ashik with Davis. You have to play Evans with other shooters. There's just so many limited yeah. lineups they can throw out there. And you can make the argument that a large part of why Ashik was so bad on defense without Davis was because of just one, Monty Williams, honestly horrible defensive system, whatever he was running was not helpful without having uh, Davis's ability on help defense next to him. And the fact that like their perimeter defense last year was just horrid. Like It was some of the worst I think I'd ever seen. But even so, Ashik's slow. He struggles without that good health defender next to him. We've seen a lot. We've seen a lot in his in his successful since he did have that fast, athletic uh, health defender next to him. So maybe he needs that really good health defender. So now obviously we'll know more about that this season. But still, like just, you would wish that they had been. A, you would want something to be a little more comfortable about. Yeah, and and you hit a good point, like. The wing defender thing, or like the perimeter defense thing. Well, Drew Holiday is going to be limited to some type of minutes limitation until January. It could be he can only play 15 minutes a night until January. It could be they start him at 15 minutes and he gradually goes up from there. It's kind of unclear with the way they're talking. You know, he's not playing back to back. So, like, they don't have a good perimeter defender. Like, Norris Cole has his moments. But, like, the defensive RPM numbers are horrendous. The on-off numbers aren't great. 
you know, Quincy Pondexter and Dante Cunningham are okay, but they're slow and they're not going to defend quick wings. And mm-hmm. with the way the league's going, that's not good. Eric Gordon's small and he's so banged up, he's not good. But, like, they just don't have good perimeter defenders and they did nothing to address it. So that's not changing. So if the problem is, well, Oshik needs good perimeter defenders to be in front of them, sorry, you don't have any again <laughs> this year and you're probably not going to have any again next year. And yeah. people always say, oh, well, you got this amazing other rim protector next to him with Anthony Davis. And honestly, Anthony Davis isn't as good of a defender as we like to make him out to be yet. He's awesome at making highlights, but he messes up on health sometimes. Like, again, we can make the argument that uh, the system was a big part of that. But individually, like a lot of guys post him up and blow by him. He is not a great isolation defender. Like, uh, Obviously, in, in a league where isolation defense isn't becoming as big a deal, that shouldn't matter. But it's an issue. Like, if we're going to be discussing this guy, we got to acknowledge that he's not the great defender we wanted to be yet. Yep. And, and, like, yet somehow Ashik and Davis produced a pretty good defense when they were on the floor together. It was when Davis went off, things got ugly. Well, and, except uh, against Golden State, who wrecked him. Yeah. Destroyed him whenever Ashik was on the floor. And made Ashik unplayable on offense, which is a huge yeah. issue. I mean... I mean, Golden State, you can't really... That's not really fair. Well, right, but Golden State basically <laughs> just took all of their problems and, like, maxed them out. Like, again, yeah. you can be like, talent disparities, Golden State's amazing and all this stuff, but, like, all the issues that we've, like, pointed out, Golden State made those very relevant. Yeah, and, and not just Golden State, like, the league's heading that way. Like, you kind of have to be able to play small a little bit, and Ryan Anderson makes that hard for the Pelicans because he can't defend and their wing players may or may not be able to shoot, which also makes it hard. And their second or their third best player, if everyone's healthy, is Tyree Evans if he can't shoot. Yeah. And so it's like they're not that athletic. They're they can't shoot that well. And then at the end of the day it doesn't matter because Anthony Davis is just like so <laughs> incredibly talented that he's good for legitimately 40 wins by himself. Yeah, he... I mean, I... I don't know if they win enough games, like, for him to win the MVP. Like, people love to give the the MVP to... to teams who are, like, you know, at the top of the... the conferences and win... and wins, and, like... that might hurt him, but... I mean, he's about to win an MVP in the next two or three years. Like, he... We didn't really talk about... the best player in the NBA in four or five years. Yeah, we didn't... I mean, we didn't really talk about him on this podcast just because, I mean, what is there to really say? He's unbelievable, but... Yeah, I mean, with... With Wade... Or, not Wade. uh, LeBron and Durant, like... I mean, they're going to be amazing for the next three, four years, but they're... I mean, they're getting up there. Like, Davis is going to be the future of the league. And, like, I don't know. It just seems like they are they might waste it. It's going to It's, yeah, it's tough. And, like, in our Vine rankings, like, they ranked really high. And that was, like, basically purely on Anthony Davis. Because yeah, he's ridiculous. Like, like, it's not even that he's he just incredible. Like, he's the best reason to watch the Pelicans. Yeah, it, it, and it's not even like he's just 
incredible every night. It's like he's incredible every night while doing things that don't seem possible. <laughs> like he's absolutely, I, I feel almost certain saying he's either posting a quadruple double or a five by five this year. Like he was close to both of them last year. Yeah. And, and one of them's coming this year. I'm not sure which, but one of them's coming and it's going to be incredible. I think that's a good place to end it. That's a wrap on the Pelicans. I'm Jack. Those are my boys, Matt and Chris. Matt's the editor over at Pelican Debrief. Chris is a writer over there. That's the fan-sided New Orleans Pelicans site. That's a wrap. Here's our boy DJ Latino playing us out. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. This ain't jump. This ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce.